a new series, Spiritual Warfare. And um, I already had planned what I wanted to speak on, but God said, no, I want you to speak on this. <laughs> and I'm like, but why, God, do you always give me the hard ones? So <laughs> I really did not want to speak on this subject, but there you go. God always has other plans, and you've got to be obedient to his plans. So those of us who, just show of hands, who went to the Babylon tour the other night, great night, wasn't it? Great night. So this is sort of a bit of a follow-on, because what I really felt God saying to me was, as you probably realise right now, God is actually dealing with his church. He always deals with the church before he, before he deals with the world. So he's actually cleaning out his church right now, and unfortunately we've seen even many pastors that have succumbed to, to sin, basically. So none of us, none of us immune. So if you're sitting, sitting there thinking that that, won't, that could never happen to you, then that could happen to you. Because pride always comes before a fall. So that's why we must always be vulnerable before God so that we can actually hear him talking to us about the stuff of our life that actually needs sorting out. Don't ever think that you're too holy, that you've made it, because that's when the enemy strikes. And this is a thing that he's asked me to talk about this morning is part of spiritual warfare is actually knowing your enemy. And we need to be understanding that the enemy plays dirty. He uses people. He uses people that we love. He does all sorts of things to try and take you out. So we are actually in spiritual warfare. Every day of your life, you're in a battle. You are a spiritual being in a physical body. Whether you understand that or not, whether you've come to Christ or not, you are still in a in spiritual warfare, and there's two kingdoms. There are two kingdoms vying for you. Two kingdoms that are at war that we need to recognise here. So we need to understand that we are in a spiritual battle. And I was actually listening to Jonathan Kahn this week, and he was talking about where we are right now. Really encourage you to listen to some of his stuff. He's very accurate prophetically, and he says, where we are right now, we have two choices. We have two choices. We either, get, we either receive judgment, we receive the judgment of God because this is where we are right now. We're living in Babylon, right? So we have two choices. We either will receive the judgment of God or we can have revival. There's two options. But preceding revival is always repentance. So if you're crying out for revival, you need repentance first. You need repentance in order to bring in the glory of God because at the moment, the church is not actually ready to receive the glory of God because it needs a cleaning out. It needs a cleaning out. So we're going to look at some things here this morning. Colossians 1.12 
He says, giving thanks to the Father who has made us fit for a share of the inheritance of the saints in light, who delivered us out of the authority of darkness, amen, and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the remission of sins. We have been called out. We are the called out ones. Called out where? Of darkness. We were in darkness. If you have not received Christ, you are still in darkness. You are in spiritual darkness. So when we enter into the kingdom of light, we're coming out. And we need to remain out, not dabbling in. We're called out for his glory. We have redemption through his blood. We have the blood of Christ upon us if we've accepted Jesus, the remission of our sins. So we can't, we can't gain favour with God by what we do. So that's not what I'm saying at all. We receive the grace of God freely, but we do not take the grace of God in vain as licence, as Paul would say, to sin, to keep on sinning. So we're talking about habitual, reoccurring sin. That's what we're looking at right now, is we're justifying. Some of us are justifying what we do and saying, yeah, but the grace of God covers me. But if it's deliberate, then no, you're actually acting in rebellion. So there's two kingdoms, darkness and light. There is no neutral ground. We are either part of one kingdom or the other. There's no neutral ground. Do you know what happens in neutral ground territory? You get shot. You're in the middle. You get shot by both sides, actually. So you're better off <laughs> being in one or the other. So this is a battle for souls with eternal consequences because we are spiritual beings. We know that because people always ask, where do you go when you die? So there's a knowledge inside that you're going to live for eternity. There is an eternal battle for your soul. And the sooner we wake up to the fact that we're in a battle, the better. Because we need to wake up. We need to wake up. And God really spoke to me this morning about the fact that this, this is specifically to the men you need to cover your family in prayer. Do not leave it to your wife. You are the first point of call. You are the protector. I'm challenging all of the men of their households to do not leave it to your wife. You are responsible for the protection of your family. God is calling you up to a deeper level to a deeper level of prayer. I want to I be over just seeing women in the prayer meeting. I mean, we have, a lot of younger we have a lot of younger guys in our prayer meeting. But I would like to see way more men in the prayer meeting because that's spiritual warfare. That's what you're called to. That's what you're called to. You are the protector. So let's, make, let's rise up, men, in what God has called you for at such a time as this. As Martin said, he's called each one of us each one of us for such time as this. So we need to wake up that we are in a battle. 2 Corinthians 2.10 says, But to whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. 
For if I forgave anything for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So Paul was talking about forgiveness in this particular aspect, that the person was repentant, so you need to receive them back. So that's what he was talking about in this particular instance. But what he's saying is, do not let sin take a foothold because Satan will take advantage of you. See, what happens is when we let unforgiveness, when we let hate, when we let all sorts of things in our life, the enemy has legal ground to mess with us. He has legal ground. So if you're holding on to this stuff in your heart, you've actually let Satan take a foothold. So you're actually powerless against the enemy because you've actually let him in. You, you have done that by letting him in. So we, we need to be vigilant and not let the enemy have an advantage. We are not ignorant. We've got to wake up. <laughs> Don't be ignorant. Wake up to the enemy's devices. Know your enemy. The art of war talks about knowing your enemy. When people go to war, they study the enemy. They know exactly what his devices are. They work it out. They make a plan and they realise how they work and they do counter-defence counter on their enemy. This is what we need to do as well. We need to know our enemy. We need to recognise when the thoughts come to our head that are not good, we need to take them captive straight away and not let them run rampant in our head. Recognise the voice of the enemy. Recognise when he's messing with people to discourage you. Recognise the people who you should not be perhaps hanging out with anymore because they're actually not good for you. Know your enemy. You know, Jesus says quite a lot, watch and pray. Watch, look out, be vigilant. What are we watching out for? We're watching, we're aware, we're aware of what's going on and we're praying. We're praying and watching. The disciples fell asleep, didn't they? And often we can do that, but we need to wake up and understand that the enemy will play dirty. He knows your weakness and he'll go after it. But we have the blood of Christ. We have the blood of Christ. We have the word of God as our weapon. So we are the winner, right? We, we will win but if we stand in Christ, we can't stand on our own merit. We can't stand on our own merit. We have to stand in Christ. That is where our power comes from. So unforgiveness leads to bitterness and hate. It takes a hold of our life. It changes us. It can make us sick. I've known people that have been sick for years, and it's because of their unforgiveness in their heart. They refuse to forgive. They refuse to let go. And it doesn't mean that what has been done to you is not awful, but it does not justify that. It's not about letting that person off, but it's actually about letting you off. Yeah. It's about letting you off. That chain that's actually binding you to that person that you're dragging through life, you're dragging that person through your life. You've got to cut that chain. Yeah. We're not ignorant, but we are. We're not ignorant. Remember when Martin said the other night, Babylon seduces us 
It seduces us. But we should not be ignorant. We are living in, but we are not of. We are living in, but we are not partaking. We are living in, but we are like Daniel. We are standing out. We are standing out of Babylon so that we don't blend in. Don't be tempted to blend into Babylon and you will become it. You will become it. We are called to stand out. So we are not ignorant. As I said the other night, Babylon is built on human pride, which is the language of Satan. And we can be sitting here right now actually still having human pride and going, well, actually, I'm fine. That's, this, this is for such and such. It's for all of us, actually. It's for all of us. We all have stuff in our life that needs to go. We all have stuff that grieves the heart of God. And it's actually letting the enemy take some ground. We're not going to give him an inch. We're not going to give him an inch. So we need to start by getting knowledge. It says in Hosea 4.5, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Do not be ignorant. That's why we read our Bible, so that we're not actually ignorant, so we can learn from other people, so you can learn from others what to do, how to stand up. The enemy always looking for a weakness, an open door into our life. We need to learn we've got to shut the doors, shut the doors of our past, shut those doors, shut the doors to those hurts. Just shut them. Don't let him mess with you anymore. That's a choice. Shut the door. Stop letting him back in. We're letting him back in and we're going around the mountain a hundred times. We should never be afraid of the enemy. It's because he says, fear not. I am with you, says the Lord. But we should not be complacent either. Know your enemy. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Be awake. Be sober. It says here in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. How do we resist him? In the faith in the faith that we have in Christ, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We are all in this together. Everyone around the world that is called out, the called out ones, we're in it together. We stand together, steadfast against the enemy together. But it says, be sober and be vigilant. Be awake, be serious, be on guard. Don't be complacent. Unfortunately, the church has been complacent. And look around at our world. What is the result of our world because the church has been complacent? It's a mess. And you know what? It affects your children. It affects your grandchildren. So pretending that we are not affected is just ignorance. When the church does not stand up, 
and is not affecting the culture, this is what we have. So now we have a Babylon culture. So like Jonathan Kahn says, if you wanted to live like the disciples, well, congratulations, you're there. You're living in biblical times. You're living now in biblical times. So thank goodness because the glory of God is going to be upon his people in this time as well. But we need to get our lives right and we need to shut every doorway. And I'm just praying right now that everyone here knows exactly what doorway it is they need to close so that they can be used for the glory of God. Because we're not going to let the enemy have one moment of our life. The devil tempted Jesus in the desert when he was at his weakest. And this is the thing, the devil tempts you when you're at your weakest, when you're at your most vulnerable. So you need to be pre-prepared, pre-prepared for that moment of temptation so that you know the word of God and like Jesus, you can speak that word with authority. You can speak that word and the enemy will flee. You know exactly what to do because you have predetermined what you're going to do before you even get there. You are wise. You are on guard. We need to be pre-prepared. Let's look at some areas of temptation this morning that Romans talks about. Romans 1.28, we have a long list here. (laughs) And even as they did not think fit to have God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do the things not right, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, being full of envy, murder, quarrels, deceit and habits, becoming whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, insolent, proud, braggarts, Inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning. What's this one for? Now, what does my translation say? Perfidious, without natural affection, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous order of God, that those practicing such things are worthy of death, not only to them, but have pleasure in those practicing them. Isn't this interesting? Interesting. It says, who knowing the righteous order of God. These people know God. These people know God. And I would say that every single one of those lists, were like we, we would probably have a couple each, I would, I would say, uh, have you been envious of people? Have you been involved in backbiting? Have you been disobedient to parents? Um, There's a lot on the list that all of us can repent for. I know in my own heart, when you come before God, you actually realise what's in your heart. And it's a shock sometimes. And you need to repent before God for those things that have crept in. And you need to be aware of those things because they can be a barrier between you and God. They can be a barrier when we're not vulnerable. 
If we continue in those things and don't repent, it says the enemy has legal right. See, it says here, if we go back, who knowing the righteous order of God, that those practicing such things are worthy of death, not only to do them, but have pleasure in those practicing them. Do you know of churches right now that are practicing these things and celebrating them? And they're claiming to know God. There's consequences for all of these things. But because of the blood of Christ, we wash clean. But if we continue in those things, we're actually in sin. And we need to recognise that church, turning up to church on a Sunday does not wash us clean. Reading our Bible actually doesn't wash us clean either. We can be very religious about our lives, but we need to be vulnerable before God and actually be honest about what's going on in our heart and what we're doing. So we need to have a repentant heart. And you know what the devil loves? He loves us to justify our own sin. He loves us to justify it because while he has us justifying it, he has us locked up. He has us chained up. He has you powerless because you're justifying what God hates. And we can't afford to do that. We are guilty, but because of the blood of Christ, we are set free. We are declared innocent. That's good news. But it's not for us to continue in our old life. It's actually for us to have a new life, a new life in Christ Jesus. It is so that the people living here we recognise that we are actually different, that we stand out because we are different and we are empowered in Christ to live differently. We need correction from the Holy Spirit and when we hear his call, we need to change. We need to be corrected and we need to change course and turn around. God loves those that are humble. He loves those who chase after his heart. To be vulnerable in your weakness. I mean, Paul said he was the chief of all sinners. And look what Paul did by the power of Christ on him. But he never bragged. He was always on guard because he knew where he'd come from. He knew where he'd come from. What other doorway could we have open to the enemy this morning? Maybe we're watching things that we shouldn't be watching. Maybe we're participating in things that we shouldn't be participating. I'm going to hit some this morning. Horror movies. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons, by the way, is not just a game. It's actually spiritual. And I grew up with, some, with someone who actually committed suicide. So I want you to know it's nothing to dabble with. You don't dabble with this stuff, you run away from it. You run away as fast as you can. This stuff is dangerous. I'm going to hit it this morning, yoga. Yoga is Hindu. Yoga's positions are worship positions. I actually spoke to a, to a guy the other night who was an ex-Hindu He's been a Christian for three years and I asked him about it 
And he said, every single position is a spiritual position, demonic position. So you have a doorway into your life. If you are a Christian and you're practicing yoga, you have opened a doorway into your life. I'm sorry to say, but you have. Any sort of martial art that has basis in, in religion, also, same thing. Pastor Ian and I have actually delivered people on the altar from people practicing those things. So it happens. Sleeping with someone outside of marriage, holding on to unforgiveness, gossip, jealousy, rejoicing in someone else's failures. You know that person that you really want to fail because they've been a pain in your life and then secretly you're rejoicing that something bad's happened to them? The Bible talks about that too. But strength comes to us when we look to God in our weakness. When we look to God in our weakness, he has mercy. His mercy is new every morning. His mercy is just never-ending. As we saw with the Israelites in the desert, his mercy is never-ending. But there is a line. And we need to be very careful that we don't push that line too far and it's too late. Because each one of us has an appointed time to live and we don't know when that is. It says in 2 Corinthians 7.1, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Cleanse yourself in the blood of Christ. Ask for forgiveness from God that you would be set free that you would not be taken advantage of by the enemy, that you would not fall for that hook, the bait that he puts out for you, that you would be aware, that you would perfect holiness in the fear of God. You know, John Bevere talks about people that fall away from God. And he said in all of his ministry time, he's realised it's because they've lost the fear of the Lord. They love Jesus, but they've lost the fear of God. So they've forgotten that there's actually a consequence. There's a consequence to sin, which Jesus paid the price. But we don't take advantage of that precious gift. That's a precious gift that cost Jesus everything. But not only that, he did it to set us free. (laughs) He did it to set us free so that we wouldn't live in sin. That we wouldn't dabble in the things of this world that are just going to tie us up in knots. He set us free to have a life of freedom and fulfilment and purpose. He doesn't want you locked up. So let's decide today that we're not going to be locked up any longer. We're going to, we're going to stay out of the world stuff. Stop messing with it. You mess with it, you get burnt. And it's only by the blood of Christ. You know, Paul wrote some really harsh letters to the Corinthians, and he loved the Corinthians with all of his heart. But he had to correct them because he loved them. But those letters brought them to repentance. That's the love of God. The heart of God is to bring you to repentance. 
so that you can be set free. Get your eyes off other people and onto Jesus. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Jesus is the measuring stick. Because they're doing it doesn't mean it's okay for you to do it. Because you think you're better than them is not okay for you to keep doing it. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. He is the one we should be looking to. I don't care who's made mistakes. I don't care who's fallen. You know what, what it does to me when I hear someone stuffed up? I go, please, God, protect me from doing something stupid. I don't rejoice in what's happened to them because I'm well aware that I'm human as well. And we should all be vigilant and know that. Keep your heart right. Keep your eyes off of others. Be transformed into the likeness of Christ. The blood of Christ cleanses us and washes us clean. We cannot wash ourselves, but we must surrender to the process of sanctification. The Holy Spirit will not make you. He can only come in to your heart with a vulnerable, open heart, with a willingness to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Please forgive me. But we are called to become more like him. In Revelations 12, 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. Who did they overcome? They overcame the enemy. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb, but also by the word of their own testimony of what Jesus had done in their life. The victory of the cross. The victory of the cross. The blood of Christ that sets us free so that we can live a new life in him. They overcame him. That's the thing. We overcome because of Jesus. And he's calling his church to a new place of authority, to a new place of authority. But before he can call us to a place of authority that we already have in Christ, he needs to get the junk out of our life. He needs to get the compromise out of our life. He needs to get the lukewarmness out of our life. I really sense this morning God saying that some of you have actually become bored with him. I don't know how, but we can become complacent. Maybe you've been brought up in church, so you're so used to it. Don't ever come to that place. Let God ignite that passion in you again, that you would be on fire for him, that you would want to please him, that you would go, God, take everything out of my heart this morning that is a barrier between us, anything out of my heart that is a barrier. Because he is calling us to a new level of authority and confidence in Christ Jesus. Today is the day to close off every door to the enemy, every door. 
to repent and to receive forgiveness so that we can be empowered by the blood of Christ to live a new life, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Because He is coming back for a powerful, holy church. Anything that grieves Him, we need to pray, God, is there anything in my life that grieves you? Is there attitudes that grieve you? What is it, God, that is grieving you right now? Take it out of my life. Don't let the enemy take advantage of you. Because Jesus forgives our past. He gives us a new life for today. And He gives us hope for the future. Because we are living for eternity. This earth will pass away. But eternity with Him will never pass away. That's what we're living for. That's what we're living for. There's nothing worth, there's actually nothing worth living for here. (laughs) But we're living for Him. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Holy God, Holy God. Holy God. Lord, we pray right now in Jesus' mighty name. Firstly, I just want to say there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So this is not about condemnation. This is just about us being vulnerable before God and actually closing that gap and realigning our life so that He can use us, so that the glory of God can be seen in us. Because Jesus came into the world to save the world, not to condemn it. But He also came into the world to rip you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So this morning as we all with heads bowed, just ask, just ask God this morning. Is there anything in my life, Lord, that needs to be put on the altar? Is there anything in my life that is a barrier between between us? Just speak to me now, God. Show me what it is. Have your way, have your way, have your way. And Lord, I pray that we would not be prideful in this moment, that we would be completely vulnerable, that we would not think about anyone else, but that we would only be thinking about ourselves right now. Lord, that you would reveal to each one of us right now, Lord, what it is that we need to put before you what it is that you don't like in our life right now, that we would be completely vulnerable, humble before you, God. Thank you, Jesus. There is this forgiveness this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. And there is no shame. There is power when you When you confess 
There is power. There is power. Because things in the light have no power over you anymore. But things in the dark have power. We're going to bring things into the light so the enemy will not have a foothold. In the name of Jesus, we pray forgiveness in this room. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, that you have called us out. You have called us to a new life. Thank you, Lord. We are shutting every door to the enemy. Lord, that our lives would be for your glory. And I'm going to give an opportunity now for anyone that doesn't hasn't asked Jesus into their heart this morning before. If you'd just like to lift your hand this morning and say, yes, I want to receive Jesus. I want a new life that I can only get in Him. If that is you this morning, just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you that you can have a new life in Christ Jesus. Thank you, God. going to sing this song and if you feel this morning that you just want to come up to the front as a as just a sign of surrender if you want to do that feel free this is between you and God it's not between anyone else and you and if you sense him just calling you to do that I just really encourage you to not miss this moment that you can be set free this morning in the name of Jesus Amen.